Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God wants to transform our lives. It's a transformation of who we are. It's making us somebody very different. It's not to accumulate data and knowledge about it. It's to encounter the living God. As we get to know Him, we learn to trust Him. And then it's so easy to hear Him. Then we continue to read and believe the Word of God. We'll be changed to be like Jesus and to think like Jesus and eventually to minister like Jesus. What is expected of the Christian's life after he accepts Jesus? Today, Pastor Mark will explain to listeners why change is required in the life of a believer. Not only will our eternal life look way different, but our physical life on earth should look way different upon choosing Christ. Jesus' life was lived way different than anyone else on earth. If he is the benchmark for Christianity, then we as Christ followers should look different than the world as well. How does your life compare to that of a non-believer today? Our lives are to reflect the gospel message so that those in the world are attracted to something different. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he concludes part three in his series entitled Unlimited Opportunities. A Christ follower listens to God two ways. Through the written word, in other words, the Bible, and then through the influence, the impressions from the Holy Spirit. So one is hardcore, it's in writing. The other one is in the Spirit, impressions that come from the Holy Spirit. One time Jesus stood and said this in Matthew 4. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, what word comes from the mouth of God? Turn with me to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and let me show you what word comes from God. That means that I can't live on human bread. That's not going to do my life good enough. You see, God made us so that nothing could satisfy us except a relationship with God. For those of you that are not yet followers, the only way that life will make sense and purpose is, again, to become a follower. Ask Christ to forgive you. You get a chance to do that. Otherwise, life doesn't make sense. God didn't make you to do life apart from him. And because God made us to work with us, he was loving. He wanted to communicate with man. In the Garden of Eden, there was no Bible. There was God speaking to Adam and Eve. So they followed his voice, but of course they had a choice, just like all of us. 
Well, later on, as we go through the Old Testament, God codified it. He, he put it in writing. He put his mind, you wonder, what is God thinking? Read the Bible. That's his mind. That's what he thinks about everything. And so he took his thoughts and went to human people through the Holy Spirit, and they wrote what God's thinking. This is our manual for living. So how do I listen to God? Well, the main primary way is through the written word of God. Let's look at 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture, all of it, is God-breathed. In other words, it came from God. He loved us. He said, you can't do life. Let me show you how to do it. And, and it's, it's useful. Some people look at the Bible and they go like, that makes no sense to me. If you're not a believer, it won't make any sense to you. But a believer does. So that's why I'm here. Notice, it's useful for what? Teaching. I'm teaching you how to hear God from the written word of God. And then rebuking, don't do that. The Bible will tell us that. For good. Remember, choose to sin, choose to suffer. Remember the old sign, wet paint. Hmm. We want to touch it. What happens? Yeah, it was true. It's on my finger. So much worse than that when we sin. Next thing, correcting. Don't do that. Do this. Here's how to do it. And last, training. That's another reason we're here. We didn't become mature when you became a believer. If you're 47, you're a baby Christian. And so we have to mature. So the Bible is for that. What's the ultimate purpose? Look at verse 17. So that the man of God, so that people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, to do life. Everything God has planned for you comes from understanding the word of God. Everything we need to know to do life right is found in the word of God. So how do I listen to God? I listen to him by being taught here, having my own quiet time in the morning where I open the Word of God and it speaks volumes to me. Now, I have a, a lot of favorite verses, but one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament is so practical. Here it is. You see it in Psalm 119. You don't need to write it down. Look what it says. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I remember once I taught with a flashlight on my foot in a Bible because it meant that when I need to know something, it's a, it's a what? It's a lamp to my feet. The next step, a light to my path. I know how to do this. I know how to follow. Because this tells me how to follow. See, you don't have to walk in darkness. What do you do about that, Pastor Mike? I don't know what to do about that. Look it up and follow it. It's the written word of God. Now, sometimes people wonder... Why are all these churches that are teaching the Word of God exploding, more people, all kinds of conversions, and churches that don't teach it dying? This is why. Because good-looking 5'7", guys. <laughs> yeah, right. Why are they growing? Because people listen to me. Why are you here? Because you and I want to know how to do life. And without this, you can't do it. People are starving for answers. We have the answers. Hallelujah. And it came from God. Why? Because he loves us. He loves you here today. Doesn't matter where you've come from. He loves you. He didn't leave us alone. We have the written word of God. So as we read the word, God's speaking to us. 
God's speaking to us. As you have your devotions in the morning, God is speaking. He knows exactly what to say. It's alive. He speaks to us. Well, I told you there was two ways. The second way, the second most common way God speaks to us is through the Holy Spirit himself. One day, there was a man in the Bible in the New Testament called Philip. Look at this verse and try to picture what happened. He's out in the desert, and it says, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside or beside that carriage. So Philip's out there, and all he has is the Old Testament this day. He's looking, Isaiah, go walk by the carriage. Where is that carriage? C, C. I can't find it in here. So look at that for a moment. How did the Holy Spirit say to Philip, if it isn't in the written? Well, let's see if we remember. Where is the Holy Spirit in Philip? How did he hear? He heard it in the Spirit. Pastor Mark, are you kidding me? That the Spirit will speak to us like that? Yeah. Now, what's the danger of that? The danger is you get weird, number one, like watch Christian TV. This is the moment the Spirit's going to speak to me. Oh, oh, it's coming. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Jesus, help us. That's not the spirit, that's somebody that's totally weird. (laughs) You laugh, but it's sad. Because the world looks at that and goes, I don't want any part of that stuff. I don't want any part of that stuff. Well, how does the Holy Spirit speak to us? By the way, when the Holy Spirit gives us impressions to do things, here's what you have to remember. It must always line up with the written word of God. This is the one. Because sometimes, remember, there's three voices you and I hear. The voice of God, the voice of self, I want to do it, and the voice of Satan. And sometimes my voice of self is so strong that it can override the voice of God. So I always have to go back to the written word of God. That's why this is the primary way God speaks to us. This is how I listen to this. Well, if you're going to be useful to God, you have to be like Philip, sensitive. Did you know that The Spirit is speaking to us all the time. But quite often, we're just not listening. Romans says this, Christ's followers are led by the Spirit of God. Now, how does that work? It's not weird. It's not rocket science. It's the Spirit of God speaking to us. I want you to write this quickly. God is going to lead you. We have to believe it. We have to listen. And we have to obey. Remember, You have to be sensitive. God is speaking to his word. We have to be in it routinely. He is speaking to his spirit. And it's not going to be weird. It's going to be something that God does that we know he's speaking to us. So that brings up number three. I follow through being connected to others. Number two, I follow by listening to the word and the spirit. And number three, we follow by changing. In other words, being teachable. Being teachable and flexible. Well, what does that verse 32, Psalm 32, 9 say? In our other campuses, look what it says. Do not be like a senseless horse. This was someone, a horse is getting ahead, getting ahead, always ahead. 
And that's like some of us. You know, we're here going, God, this is what I'm going to do. Come on, God. Hurry up. Catch up with me. I'm not following you. You're following me. Come on. Come on. Well, that never works. I've been there. You have to turn around and get back in line with him. He's the one we follow. And the second one is that old mule. Notice, a, a mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it on the curtle. Come on. So what am I saying? If we want to be useful to God, you and I have to have a positive, submissive attitude. If you open the word of God and the God speaks to you and, and you and you have this attitude, I don't want to do that, or I have to do that, you'll never, ever be successful following God. You need to go, if that's what you want, I'm going for it. Now, nothing wrong with questioning God, but when he finally goes, no, we're going to do this, we just do that. Following Jesus is a positive journey. It's an exciting journey. Do you know how much this year God wants to teach each of us? Most of those things are going to require change because he wants to take me from here to there. And with that change, it means I'm going to have to be teachable and flexible. But to be honest, that's hard for every single one of us here, all of our four campuses. It's hard to be teachable and flexible because I kind of like status quo. Mark Twain said it best. The only one who likes change is a wet baby. (laughs) One of the changes you have to make, and I have to make, is a huge danger. One day Jesus said to some religious people, he says, you search the scriptures. They knew the scriptures. They knew them frontwards and backwards. But he said, as you've searched them, you never found me. You see, when you open the Word of God, when you open the Word of God, it's not for information. Man, look at it. I own all 66 books. I can spell them. I know them. I got, wonderful. I know Greek and Hebrew. Fantastic. The reason for searching the Scriptures is to know God personally. You see, if I don't know Him, and I just take that promise box, oh, there's my promise for today. Wonderful. He's not like an OnStar that you have a monthly kind of payment to. He's a person that wants to lead you. And so write this down. This is a huge danger. You have to change and understand this. God wants to transform our lives. It's a transformation of who we are. It's making us somebody very different. It's not to accumulate data and knowledge about it. It's to encounter the living God. As we get to know him, we learn to trust him. And then it's so easy to hear him. Then we continue to read and believe the word of God. We'll be changed to be like Jesus and to think like Jesus and eventually to minister like Jesus. Now remember, if something changes, something changes. So if I'm going to have to follow, I can't be like pulling... I don't think so. No, just just go with it. Go with the flow. He's God. He knows. He knows the best for you and for me. Now, I want to put application to it as we close. Would you turn to Luke chapter 5? Matthew, Mark, Luke. You were there. Luke chapter 5. Let me give you the background. Peter and his buddies were fishing all night. They had nets. They'd throw the nets out, bring them back, nothing. Throw the nets out, bring them back, nothing. 
in the Sea of Galilee that you just saw earlier in the picture. Throw the nets out, bring it back, nothing. All night long, they caught nothing. So they came into shore. We pick it up in verse 1, Luke 5. One day, Jesus, as, as Jesus was standing on the lake of Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee, with the people crowding around him, and notice what they were doing, listening to the word of God. Now, why is there a crowd of people? Same reason there's a crowd of people on our campuses. They want to know how to do life. Well, he saw at the water's edge, Jesus, two boats, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got in one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore. Now, why did he do that? Well, just look at me. It's just like I am. Jesus was down on your level. The people were crowded. He couldn't look into their eyes. He couldn't react with them. So he, he, he put the boat and he pulled it out farther so he could be in the boat and he could see the people and the people would be on the hill and they could see him. See, I, I'm looking at you and the balcony and the screen and the other campuses. I'm looking right into your eyes. That's what one Jesus wanted to do. See, you have to connect with people. We're not like teaching to a blank wall. Hi, how are you today? Was it nice? No, I get much of my reaction by looking at you to see how you're doing, if I'm getting the point across. So Jesus is there, and he does something that a teacher would do in those days. Notice what he does next. Then he sat down, and he taught the people from the boat. A teacher would sit, people would stand. Now, verse 4 is powerful. When he had finished speaking to the people, he said to Simon, I was meditating on that yesterday. Watch me. When Jesus finished teaching to the people, they left. And Jesus began to teach, began to talk individually to Peter one-on-one. And here's, here's the illustration. Here's the application. Expect God to continue to teach you all week. You see, when the people left, he turned to Peter. God's not through speaking to you. He's going to speak to you all week as an individual. We're going to go in a thousand different ways so around the country, around the world. Some of you can get in a plane, you can do this, you can all, all. God's with you. By the way, where is God? Oh, he's right here. So he's going to be teaching you. He's going to be speaking to you all the time. It's not just in a corporate setting. As you leave, God goes with you. Now, again, if you're not a believer, you leave alone. That's a pretty miserable way to live. So he turns to Peter People are gone. What's he say? Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, Peter's listening to Jesus' command. I can picture in my mind that picture of the donkey and the person trying to pull him. He obeys, but really in his mind, here's what Peter's saying. Look, Jesus, do what you're taught to do. You're a teacher. I'm the fisherman. You know nothing about fishing. It's daytime. The fish don't bite. But he doesn't say it. He just thinks it. But look what happens. Look what happens in verse 5. You'll see it. Simon answered, Master, he's trying to say it, but he doesn't say it. We worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. So what are you trying to tell me? You want to circle these next words, these next five words. Circle them in your Bible. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. That's another old sermon, but I can't preach it today. That's how you follow Jesus. Because you 
God, the all-knowing, my future, the next step, because you say so, I will gladly do it. Did you get it? Now, is he expecting anything? No. He's just submitting to the voice of God. When they had done this, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And because Peter was in the boat all alone and there was nobody else in any of the other boats because he was doing life alone, he didn't know what he was going to do with the fish. No, that's not what it says. Look at verse 7. So they signaled their partners, one another, together, connected. Oh, hallelujah. You can't do life alone. He's not fishing alone. He's related to God and people. Did you get it? So they call the other guys, and they all come in. Look what it says. They signal them, and they come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. You remember what I told you? If we'll trust, if we'll obey, and if we'll commit to just following Jesus, unlimited possibilities. Wrong time of the day. Never had a catch like that before in his life. God already knew what was going to happen. What if Peter would have said no? I've said no lots of times. I wonder what I missed. It's not a smart thing to say no. But as you say, I'll obey. Look at his last reaction. It's a beautiful one. Verse 8, all our campuses. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful man. He realized who was God. He was obeying God. He was following Jesus, and it would lead to an amazing life of unlimited possibilities. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves. When our dreams have come true because we've dreamed too little, and here's the one that applies to today, when we arrive safely because we sailed too close to the shore. See, if Peter would never put the boat out in the deep, he'd have never experienced. Today, you have to put the boat out. You have to trust God. In a few moments, those of you that aren't believers, you have to trust God that he'll save you. Those of you that are believers, quit playing at this thing. Follow. Why follow? Look at this next verse. It's powerful. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. God knows the exact way for you to go. The exact way for me. I will counsel you and watch over you. My friends, it doesn't get any better than that. God wants to transform our lives through our own Bible study. Today, Pastor Mark taught listeners that God wants to personally change the lives of believers. But he wants to do it primarily through his word. Some might think that simply accepting Jesus as your Savior will automatically cause lifestyle change. But it's a daily battle in this world. Lean on the Word of God as your anchor and guiding light through every walk of life. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. 
Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. As we follow Christ, what should our goals be? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners that our first goal is to know Christ, and our second goal is to become like Christ. As we develop the character and mind of Christ, we begin to practice the works of Christ. Everything in life is centered around knowing Him more and representing His love and goodness to a fallen world desperate for it. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurry